Well, good morning and uh, welcome to church and welcome to what is our third week in our series called Rediscovering Christmas. And today we're going to be looking at and exploring what it means to rediscover joy in Christmas again. You know, so far in our Advent series, we've had a look at hope, rediscovering hope again. We've looked, last week we looked at rediscovering peace. And today it's rediscovering joy. You know, in some of the research I was doing to, to bring this message to us today, I did a little bit of search on Google. You know, always got to do a Google search just to find out, to see what the world is putting out there, what their Google algorithm is telling us is, is important for us to know about it. So I threw in a couple of search terms for us to kind of try and figure it out for ourselves. So here's one of the ones I put in. I, you know, was, I, I typed in finding joy in 2021. And I spat back a few results. And I also put in this other one. I wanted to mix it up slightly. What brings joy in our world today? And every time I put in search, search terms like that, it would bring back things that talked about how to be happy. It was interesting because what they were doing was they were turning joy into happiness. They might give results like Oprah's ways to be happy, 10 ways Oprah thinks that you can be happy. Or it might have been a psychologist, um, professor from Harvard University or whatever university on the guide to being happy, you know. But I asked, how do we find joy? Or where is joy in our world today? And it always wanted to come back with giving us an answer about what it means to be happy. Now, interestingly, joy and happiness, we know are not the same. They're, they're different. But yet when we delve into the Bible and the Greek and the language there, they will often interchange the words as we read. But as one of the things I was looking at, I was having a look and exploring what it meant to be for joy What's the difference between joy and happiness? And here's, here's a definition for us. Joy is more consistent and joy is cultivated internally. So think about it. Joy is something that is much more consistent and comes from within. It comes when you make peace with who you are and why you are and how you are. Whereas happiness tends to be externally triggered and is based on other people's, on other people, upon things that we have, on places, on thoughts and events. So joy is internal, is consistent. Happiness tends to go up and down, fluctuates, and is often because of what is happening externally to us. You know, I do actually like that definition because when we start to think about it, joy is what happens when we understand who we are, when we understand that we are God's wonderful creation and we can have joy in that. When we understand we are loved by God, we can have joy in that. We find joy when we rest in the Lord and trust in God for all of our provisions. It's an internal thing that we trust in God. It's not about what's happening around us. 
See, while happiness kind of reflects in our circumstances and what's been going on and the situation around us, you know, it's actually been, and it's interesting here, I'm going to give you a bit of a psychologist answer here from here, one of the things I looked up and read, was that our brains are developed biologically for survival. They're developed for survival. They are not developed for happiness. Our human mind prioritises negative experiences to be remembered more strongly than positive ones. This is a way that we can anticipate potential threats in the future because we remember when we touch something that was sharp, it hurt. And so we remember that. So it then triggers us not to touch things that are sharp. Same way, if we put our hands on something hot, we trigger a response, we remember that negatively, and we go, we don't touch something that's hot. So our brains are biologically triggered remembering for survival, not necessarily remember happiness. And so while our brains may have been developed to take note of these negative things and to keep us safe, it doesn't mean that we can't experience joy because it's not based on our outward experiences. It's based on who we are in Christ. Let me give you a reading from Luke chapter 2, verse 10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. Here we are, we have great joy because of the birth of Jesus. We have great joy because of what Christ has done. We have great joy because the Messiah has come, because we have great joy because God is with us. And we can experience this joy no matter the circumstances around us. No matter what discouragement might have been happening in our life, we might be going through, we can experience joy again in our lives. See, joy is evident in the Bible time and time again. It is evident in God's great plan for us and for our salvation through Jesus Christ, and it brings us great joy. If we actually think, uh, you know, and have a look at the um, biblical story of Christmas, notice I put the phrase the biblical story of Christmas because so often in our world today we don't actually have the biblical story of Christmas. We have all of these nice commercialised ways of thinking about Christmas and about making sure that you've got enough gifts to, gifts to give to everybody else and we've got the right, you know, look and the right feel, we've got our houses set up, we've got everything happening, you know. It's a magical, wonderful time of year, all those kind of things that come in. But we remember, need to remember is about the birth of Christ and the celebration of that. But we also need to remember that when we're thinking about the biblical story, when we're recalling the biblical story, we need to understand that even in this point of, of joy that is happening with the birth of a child, it is also in the midst of pain and disappointment. Luke's gospel actually doesn't start, and this is the account that we've been using over this series, is Luke's gospel's account of, of Jesus' birth so far. See, Luke's gospel doesn't actually start with Mary and Joseph and the birth of Jesus. It actually begins a bit earlier with a prophet named um, Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. 
and their son, who is to be born to them, which, who later becomes John the Baptist, who baptises Jesus. Now, Elizabeth, and let me just put some, you know, framework for us so we can actually hear what the Bible has for us today about joy. Elizabeth felt disgraced for not being able to actually have children. And yet, even in her old age, she's promised a child. So we're going to read um, from Luke chapter 1, verse 7, and then verse 13 and 15. <laughs> and it says this. So this is talking about Zechariah and Elizabeth. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayers. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you will name him John. And you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? So often we think that birth and everything revolving around birth brings a sense of joy, brings a sense of wonder, brings a sense of hope. And, but here is a promise that even in their pain, the discomfort, the discouragement that they have felt because, they, because Elizabeth had not been able to have a child and even though they, they were very old, God was promising them a sense of joy because of this birth of a child and a birth of a child that prepares the way for Christ. Now, Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she was pregnant, she actually goes and visits her relative, who is Elizabeth, in the story that we've just had, um, who is pregnant. And this is just after Mary has had the announcement that she is going to bear God's own son upon her. And so she goes and visits Elizabeth. And these two women with both completely unexpected pregnancies, both senses of joy that want to bubble up and out of them, meet together. And it gives us a little understanding about joy within the Bible. And so from Luke 1, verse 39 onwards to 56, and it says this. A few days later, Mary hurried. This is a few days after the announcement that the angel gave her, that she was going to bear God's son, Jesus. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women. Your child is blessed. Why am I so honoured that the mother of my Lord should visit me? And when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for what? Jumped for joy. Jumped for joy but even meeting the unborn Jesus. These are two unborn children jumping, leaping for joy. I want to give you a sense that joy happens internally from us. Really practical example in there. And it goes on. You are blessed because you believe that the, the Lord would do what he had said. And Mary, out of a sense of wonder, out of a sense of happiness, but also out of a sense of deep joy, responds with this, this song that she sings. We often call it the 
the Magnificat. And it says this. Oh, how my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he's done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things and he has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He's brought down the princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. And he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And Mary then stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Both these women experiencing joy, displaying joy, letting joy wash over them, come from within them and spill out. For Mary, joy came from deep within and spilled out in song. For Elizabeth, joy came deep within and as the baby moved and and said joyously within her, but it spilled out into her to exclaim that she is being privileged to experience Mary being there. Joy that flows deep within and comes out of us. That is what we are looking and wanting to rediscover this Christmas. So how do we do that? How do we let joy flow from within out around us? The first thing is we actually need to be be okay to be joyful. It's okay to let joy flow from you. Now, I don't know about you, it might sound a bit silly to say it's okay to be joyful, but it's actually a part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, to have joy within us, to to understand and experience the love of God in our life and let it overflow. What's the one thing that people keep on saying about Christians? That that they are, are they full of joy? Or sometimes are they full of being sad and dour and, you know, down on themselves and don't want to enjoy themselves at all? Matter of fact, so often people think that being a Christian means you've got to put a damper on everything. That is just not true because we want to come with wellsprings of joy from the love of God within our lives flowing out from us and we want to be a joy to those around us. We want to be a joy that people can celebrate and be a part of. When we sing Christmas carols here, when we sing Christmas carols out in the street or wherever we are, when we're singing hymns and praising, whatever it is, it's a sense of joy welling up from us because, because of the love of God sitting within us. Being a disciple of Jesus means that we want to experience joy. We want to let joy flow from us. James 1 verse 2 and 3 says this. And this got really kind of, this is one of the key verses that we have when we start talking about joy within the Bible. But it also talks about joy that happens even when our circumstances aren't as wonderful. And it says, consider it Pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whether 
whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So what are we meant to do when things are going tough, when things are hard, when things haven't gone right? And if we look at our world, that is our world that we have been living in. Things have not gone right. Things have been tough. But what are we meant to do? Consider it pure joy because God is there with us. It's not because of the external things. As we said, not because of the external things. Happiness comes from the external factors that are upon us. Joy comes from within, from God's Holy Spirit dwelling within you, overflowing out of you. Or if we go to Romans, Romans 15 verse 13 says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. That's these wonderful words that we have associated with Christmas, hope and peace and joy. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with what? With joy and peace because you what? You trust in him. And then you will overflow. What is it? You will overflow with the confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, Paul is talking to the Roman church. He's in prison and he's telling them to trust in God. Let that, that love of God that sits inside of us overflow with hope, with peace, with joy. That is what it means to be a Christian. That is what it means to rediscover joy again in our life this Christmas. It's actually to rediscover Christ, the infant, the man, the teacher, the prophet, the Messiah, the Saviour, the one who's resurrected. It's to rediscover that again for us. But so often in our busyness of our life, so often we forget that we are part of something much bigger. And see, here's the thing for us. You know, not only do we need to understand it's okay to feel joy and be joyful as a part of Christmas, as a part of our Christian faith, we also need to let joy become evident as we change our perspective as we look at around the world. It is easy for us to be overcome by the circumstances, by the things that are happening in the world, by the news items, by the numbers that get put out, by the fact that people do horrible things to one another. But we must never forget that God has put in place an unshakable kingdom, an unshakable everlasting kingdom, and we can be a part of that. So we change our perspective from just the what is happening now to the fact that this is an everlasting kingdom. Something is bigger than beyond all time. Our point of view is often when we look at our world around us from our eyes, what we see, what we feel, what we hear. But God's perspective is so much bigger than what we see and what we are experiencing. And when we let ourselves have an an experience and an understanding that is bigger than our own point of view, when we have an understanding and experience that is God's point of view, 
we can actually sit with great joy because we know the kingdom comes. We know that God is there and is working, working even if we don't know it, is doing miraculous things in people's lives, is doing amazing things in the world, has done the one most powerful thing through the birth of Christ and the death and resurrection, the forgiveness of all sins and reconcile us back to God. See, when we choose not to, not to just look through our own point of view, but when we choose to look through God's point of view, God's perspective, we'll actually become more joyful. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says this. And, and notice that it's being written to the church again on the way that we want to have a look and see what is happening around us, change our perspective, change our viewpoint. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot will last forever. This is a challenge for us, a challenge for the church to change our perspective from the, the here and now. Now, yes, he's talking to a church that is, undergoes persecution and the problems that are happening. He's saying, look bigger than that. Look bigger than just what your immediate is because God's plan is bigger than what you just have. You're a part of something much bigger. Lift your eyes up and see more than that. Don't just focus on the troubles, but see God's eternal plan for all of the world, that everybody may be saved. And hold your eyes up to see the fact that the Holy Spirit is working, working in you, working in your fellow brothers and sisters, working in the world around us, doing amazing things for those that have the Holy Spirit's blessing upon them. Our true source of happiness, our true source of joy and fulfilment comes not in the material, not in the things that we own, not in the situations we have, but comes through Christ. It comes through the birth of a child found in a manger all those years ago that have challenged us throughout the centuries to change our behaviour, change who we are, and be much more than we possibly can. See, Christmas is a season of joy, not because of the trappings. Not because we put up Christmas trees or have fairy lights. Not because we overeat. Not because we've got family and friends. The true joy of Christmas comes through the Messiah, through Christ. Peter describes it like this in 1 Peter, verse, chapter 1, verse 8. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. And the reward of trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Are we willing to have the joy of Christmas, rediscover the joy of Christmas again in the, the birth of Christ for ourselves? Are we to trust in Christ again, so we may have the salvation of our souls. 
and that will bring you great joy, joy above all things. So let's just pray together. Lord God, we give you thanks for this time to spend together, this time to spend in your word, this time to spend in, in how joy happens to Elizabeth, to Mary, how we're meant to experience joy in ourselves. Lord, help us to rediscover the joy of knowing you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our very being. May we be full of the joy of the love of God within our lives. Lord, we just ask this in your holy name. Amen.